At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Memorial Day edition of Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 117. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Dotson. The other host on this fine example of uh, podcasting brilliance is our buddy, Bill Lack. How are you doing today, Bill? I'm doing good. I, I'm always uh, a kind of a stoic day for me, Memorial Day. It's a day that I, I try to spend at least part of the day thinking about people that aren't with us anymore, people that have paid the ultimate price for our country. Absolutely, and uh, it's it's hard to even discuss uh, uh, things like that when we're talking just about dumb stuff like baseball, uh, because uh, baseball is, is meaningless in the big picture. Um, but you're right. I hope everyone will take uh, a day to remember. It's not a day for not a day for grilling necessarily. Not a day for uh, it's a day. It's called Memorial Day for a reason. Okay, we need to uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, all those wonderful things that we get to do on Memorial Day, like grilling out or working in the yard or going to a ball game or. or, or made possible by the people that paid the ultimate price for our country. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, let's talk about baseball, though. How about that on this Memorial Day? If we have to. Um, that doesn't seem like much fun at this point uh, <laughs> either, does it? No, it really doesn't. It's it's not. A, this is not an easy team to watch. It's not an easy team to love at this point. Uh, there, isn't, there isn't really a whole lot to uh, be happy to, to, to talk about. No, it really not. And, uh, you know, we've made a concerted effort here on the podcast to try to be optimistic during, during the season. And, and I don't think either one of us are saying that um, the season's over, let's give up. Uh, although we may have said uh, in our most frustrated moments something uh, akin to that. But it's certainly not a lot of fun right now to follow this team. You know, we're, we're just finished a uh, another week where they treaded water. They lost, lost two out of three to the Cardinals. They looked pretty ugly in doing that at times. Four games under 500. It's just, it's sort of been a slog of a season. And and I said on Twitter, it's starting to feel like a, a lost season. Now, you know, I don't know. It, it's not yet. I mean, there's plenty of games left to play. But 120 games left or something like that. Uh, plenty of games left to play. But I just, I, it's been a while since I've felt this way before June, that it's just this team's not fun to watch. There's no energy. There's no... Uh, and all these things that can't be quantified, and I'm, it's probably just uh, all in my head. But I'm not having a whole lot of fun watching them right now. No, I mean, we're uh, we're 30% into the season, and, and the, the injury problems don't seem to be getting any better. Um, we'll talk more about that as we move along here. The, the team doesn't seem to generate much enthusiasm uh, on the field or in the stands. They, they 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 can't seem to to develop any traction at all. I mean, I don't think they've won two games in a row or more than two games in a row. And if they've won them at all this year, it's been a long time since they've won more than two games in a row. Uh, it's just difficult to, to to watch this team. It really is. You know, they're third place right now. They're uh, they've scored 168 runs and allowed 180. Um, so they're right about where they should be by the Pythagorean uh, one loss. They're just 
not executing. And um, you, we talked about the injuries, and we're going to talk about specific injuries, as you noted a moment ago. But um, what concerns me more than the fact that the Reds have had injuries is that we sort of knew going in that this was a thin roster, that there wasn't a lot of margin for error, that uh, the starters were pretty good offensively uh, and had a chance to make this possibly a, an above-average offense. But there was no margin for error. People start to get, start getting hurt. There's n- no one to back anyone up, and that's what we've seen with Joey Votto going down, with Devin Mizarocco going down, with Jay Bruce going down, with Billy Hamilton going down for a short period of time. Um, is that there really there's no one waiting in the wings to take over, and you know part of that's a function of the fact that the Reds have over the last few years they're they've emptied their farm system uh, both by bringing him up to the majors to help the Reds, and also in trade, specifically we'll talk about, you know, uh, Matt Latos trade, for example, where they've been willing to trade prospects. But it's also a, in my opinion, it, it's also a function of the fact that Walt Jockety really didn't, uh, yeah, I don't want to say he didn't do his job, but he he really did not, has not constructed this roster in a, in a manner that would permit really any kind of injuries, um, to occur and this team be able to sustain any kind of success. Uh, it's a just it's as thin a roster as I, I can imagine for a team that's considered to have been a uh, a contender at the beginning of the year. Am I am I wrong there? No, I, I think exactly right. I, you know, I think this roster, and I think most people realize realized or say, stated that this roster was paper thin when the season started. I think they they've been very lucky in the starting rotation with Matt Latos not pitching all year. That how well Alfredo Simon's thrown. Uh, imagine how, ba- how what kind of shape this team would be in if Alfredo Simon hadn't stepped up and pitched well. The the offense has been pathetic. The two big guns, Jay Bruce and Joey Votto, have not only been hurt, but even when they've played, they've not played well. Brandon Phillips, he's about where we expected. You know, I think where most of us expected Brandon Phillips to be. You know, the 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 uh, the people that said, you know, that were saying Brandon Phillips is going to recover from his bad year last year, and you know he's going to be back to the player he was two, three, four years ago when he had those couple of good years. He hasn't. He, you know, he, I think Brandon is on his way down. He's you know he's at ninety four OPS plus. Uh, that's about where I expected him before the season. You know, Cozart's been terrible. Uh, the 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 big uh, guy that you got to be hat thrilled with is Todd Frazier on the offensive side. Uh, even though he misplayed a ball last night that ended up allowing the first run to score, uh, which the official score, God knows, I, 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 you know, he must. Be, I don't know how blind you have to be to be an official score in Major League Baseball. I saw that last night, and I thought of you because that, that's some, that's one of your uh, recurring complaints. I don't get it. I mean, they are definitely not friends of the pitcher. No, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, you know, Chris Heisey's been terrible, other than off the bench. Devin Mesoraco's played very well, even though he's, you know, he's coming back to earth, but I mean, you couldn't expect him not to. Um, he had a bad, he made one bad throw last night and one, and, and earlier in the game, he made a good throw that I thought Brandon Phillips screwed the tag up on or, or that would have, they would have had, uh, uh, an out of second base. Um, Ludwig, who we're going to talk about a little bit more later, uh, Billy Hamilton, uh, you know, people say, well, since so and such a date, you know, he's hitting almost 300, but he's yet to get his on base percentage up to 300. And, and that's, that's the key for, for Billy Hamilton is the on-base percentage. Offensively, this team just, there, there's nothing to, you know, there's nothing to talk about. There's no, no real positives. I mean, even as well as, as Todd Frazier and, and Devin Mazzarocco are playing and I, and I like watching them play and they, they both seem like good kids and they can't, they, they don't have this, this offensive skill set, at least at this level, this, this time to carry this team. Uh, Jay's coming off, the, you know, off of a knee injury. 
that he came back from so fast that you have to wonder whether he's really ready. Uh, I'm not willing to say, you know, that he's not after, I think he's played three games, but uh, he has not looked good so far. Whether we get Joey Votto back or at what level we get Joey Votto back this year is, is a, a real question. You know, in one sense, it's it's unfair to uh, yeah. Well, you're right about Votto. Let's talk about that in, in a moment here. Um, but but I do need to note what I said earlier. You know, I'm giving Jockety a little bit of a hard time, and it's probably unfair to anyone to say, uh, you know, if Joey Votto goes out, you're not ready to recover from that because you know you you don't recover. You don't replace a Joey Votto. Right, right. But you know, the fact that we've got Brian Pena and uh, you know Neftali Soto playing 19 games. I mean. Um, well, and, 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 I, and I think I want to be fair to Brian Pena. I, I think this was a great signing by Jockett. He's been great. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any issues with Pena. You know, and I think, and I think, and I said this on Twitter last night. I think he's played better defensively at first base than Votto has. Well, possibly, but it, uh, but he, but he's you know, but he's still a, a ninety OPS plus player. I mean, he's not going to replace Joey Votto. He's a great guy for for spelling Devin Mazzarocco. Is he really the guy that uh, Jockett wanted to be his backup first baseman? I mean, you exactly. know. Uh, and, and, and here's the next question. When they sat down in spring training, who was the backup first baseman? <laughs> right. You know, who, what was the plan? Or what, you know, was there a plan? What do we, you know, what if we, what do we, you know, who plays first if we lose Joey for, and now nobody expects to lose Joey for half, if you lose Joey for half the season, it doesn't matter. Right. But, you know, but, you know, I, I would have said, you know, who, who plays first base if we lose Joey for two weeks, three weeks? You know, is the plan we move Frazier over there? They know we play third base. You know, you know we got Hanahan. Maybe we'll have Hanahan back. Well, again, he's, he's blown shoulders acting up again. You know, you can't count on guys that aren't even healthy going into spring training. Well, what if Frazier gets hurt? You know, I mean, Frazier's been great and maybe better than any of us expected him to be. Uh, but before the season, Frazier gets hurt. Who's your guy? Right. Yeah, but my guess is they would have said it was Hanahan who was going into spring training with a bad shoulder. And, I mean, had, and it was reported uh, just this week, had his second setback. I swear, I, I want to do a, a Google search for each team and look up, like, injury setbacks. The Reds seem to have more, quote-unquote, setbacks with guys that are supposedly returning from injury than any team. I can't imagine any other team having more setbacks. But he had another, quote-unquote, setback. Yep. Uh, and, and so, he, you know, he's not been available. They, they, they couldn't have believed he was going to be available. So who was it? Who's your backup third baseman? I, I don't know. I mean, Ramon Santiago? Really? Well, and you, and if you look at the Louisville roster, there's just not a lot of help down there either. And, and, and part of this that we've talked about, and, and, and I don't want to get into the Reds' medical and training staff because we've beaten that horse to death. And you and I both, I think, agree on the fact that the only thing I can believe is that Tim Kremchek and, and these and those people must work extremely cheap because <laughs> there's no other reason for this team to keep them on staff. Um, but you look at the Louisville team, and there's just not a lot of help down there. You know, you read some of the comments on the blog. Guys want to bring up Chris Nelson from down there. You know, uh, Chris Nelson isn't going to help this team. You know, uh, where are you going to? You know, what are you playing with the shortstop? I don't think he's going to be any better than Cozart offensively. Maybe a little bit, but not as good defensively. And he's not on a forty, so that means you got to make a move on a forty man. Now, you know, things you're starting to hear, you wonder if they may end up moving Votto to the sixty. I, you know, they, but you can never tell with, with when they're talking about Votto whether. You know, they're telling you the truth. Well, you never tell whether they're telling you the truth about injuries or not, you know. Right, and I don't, you know, I don't expect them to tell me the truth, uh, frankly. But you look at the 40-man roster, there are two infielders, other than the red starters, there are two infielders on the 40-man roster, Ramon Santiago and Neftali Soto. That's it. I mean, you got Jack Hanahan, who's on the 60-day disabled list. He doesn't count against the 40-man roster. Um, but that's it. I mean, that is razor thin. Uh, they've got five 
healthy infielders on the 40-man roster. Cozart, Frazier, Brandon Phillips, Ramon Santiago, Neftali Soto. That's it. I mean, of course, I guess they can play Donald Lutz at first base. He's played some, and I guess he will some in the in the majors. But and I guess theoretically, you could you could say, well, you know, in a dire emergency, Billy Hamilton could, could come in and play shortstop, right? Or Schumacher possibly uh, skip. Schumacher. Yeah, they, they talk about Schumacher, you know, being able to play the infield too. But you know, but but are these are these legitimate? Not not just we complain about the bench all the time, and, and the Reds bench is as crappy as it's always been. But uh, the the function of, of keeping a, a terrible bench here is you've got nobody to fill in if you need somebody for two weeks. And and this is just as thin a roster as I have ever seen. It's, it's thin in the outfield. The Reds have gotten pretty good play from uh, Pena, uh, you know, as sort of the, the fill-in at uh, catcher. And, and Tucker Barnhart's come up and done a, done a good job for him. Gotten lucky with the pitching staff, the starters, with, with Latos being out for a long time and supposedly coming back soon. That that's not been as bad as it could have been, but uh, I, I don't see any way, any reason to expect this offense to be a whole lot better based upon the personnel that's on the uh, on the twenty four or twenty five man roster right now. I just uh, I don't see it. I, I don't either, and, and I, I'm just looking. I just looked at the schedule while you were talking, and in and the last month they've won two in a row twice. No, that's and pretty that's good. As much, that's as much as they won, and then twice in April they won three in a row. Oh well, uh, you know. What do we know about Joey Votto? I think basically what we're saying is the Reds have got to get Bruce back at full strength, Joey Votto back at full strength, or they got they've got no chance. Uh, you know, Votto said this week he feels like he's making pretty good progress, but uh, there's some speculation that maybe that not be might not be uh, that he might be out longer than than possible. Is that way I understand it? That's what the article that I read in the Enquirer kind of handed around. Uh, you know, and, and Joey basically, and, and, I, and whether Joey just didn't want to give medical information. Uh, or, or whether he's frustrated, who knows, you know. Um, but without a strong Votto and Bruce, this team may play at this level or worse all year. I mean, they're just, you know, not very good. They're really not. They're really not very good right now, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And, of course, uh, you hate it for the pitchers, <laughs> you know. The Reds have got some starting pitching uh, that continues to be outstanding. They're one of the top uh, tops in the league in ERA. Um in the National League, the starting staff, Cueto, uh, you know, he had one uh, rough outing there. But he's been uh, fantastic. Leak has been better than anyone could have hoped. Simon has been a million times better than anyone could have hoped. Um, you know, even Homer Bailey's uh, starting to show some signs of coming out of his funk. So you can't blame these starters. But on the other hand, they've got to be almost perfect because this offense is not scoring. And when are they going to score? I don't uh, yeah, how, yeah. how are they going to score? And Brian Price expects a bit of frustration, expressed some frustration last night. He said, uh, I quote, I'm, I'm really tired of talking about the other team's pitching and how good they are. We've got a really good pitching staff, too, and there's no reason that we're not more competitive. Uh, talking about Leak, he said he's pitching winning baseball every time he takes the ball. There's nothing he can do. He's competing, giving us a chance to win. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, it sounds like uh, you know, Price is starting to feel a little frustrated you know, with the offense, too, but you can be frustrated all you want. I don't know what it. I don't know what it. That, you know how that makes us any better. Um, the 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 offense is is just at a point, and and I think I heard the other night on one of the, on a broadcast that this team has not come from three runs down all season long. I mean that's almost hard to believe thirty percent into the season. But I but I'll readily admit that they get down three runs and four runs, I turn the game off. I I know they aren't going to come back. I've got better things to do with my time. You know I can hit myself in the head with a stick. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, only two teams have scored fewer runs than the Reds have in the National League this year. Um, I mean, you know, and, and again, without Votto, with Bruce uh, maybe not at full strength, um, with an absolute black hole out in left field, you know, and, and with Billy Hamilton really uh, occasionally showing some some signs of some exciting things, um, but with him not. But boy, does Marty love Billy Hamilton. Well, listen, we all love Billy Hamilton when he's uh, doing the things Billy Hamilton does. You know, when he gets on base, I don't remember, remember a guy that I you just want to watch what happens when he gets on base. The problem is that doesn't happen very often. I agree, but it's just it's just another example of you can always tell the players that Marty likes. Oh yeah, no question about it. Now, I'm not, and I, and I don't listen to the radio broadcasts all that often. I generally watch on television, so I'm no big expert. But every time I hear you know Marty talk about Billy Hamilton, they, you know he just he, he still you know he, he just thinks the speed can change this team, and and Billy needs to get his on base percentage up over 300 before I'm going to start singing his praises. Well, his speed can change the team, and he's pretty good defensively. Uh, but the speed doesn't do anything if it's sitting on the bench. If it's taking a right turn towards the dugout after you bat, you know. The Deion Sanders approach. Right, exactly. Well, and that's the player he'll, he'll be if he can't get on base. Um, I, I think there's some hope, some signs. Uh, I'm hopeful, actually, about Hamilton. I'm more hopeful now than I was at the beginning of the year. He's, he's played better since the beginning of April. I, that's not what I'm saying. It's just it, it's just that uh, Marty's, I don't know what the, the word that I'm looking for just ran right out of my head, but his prejudices on some players and not on others grates on me at times, and, and I guess that's where I was headed. Well, yeah. I mean, no, we have, we've talked about it. He's, he gave up on Johnny Cueto. He gave up on Jay Bruce. Uh, you know, um, but Billy Hamilton can do no wrong uh, sometimes, it uh, seems like. So, yeah, that, that's frustrating. But uh, the Reds, with the way this offense is uh, currently constructed, they've got to have more from Hamilton. Uh, you know, I, we all know about growing pains, and he's going to go through the growing pains, but they can't afford growing pains right now if they want to be a competitive team. You look at in left field, and Ryan Ludwig, you know, my, our buddy uh, Jason uh, Linden at uh, RedLegNation.com wrote a piece this week that he uh, titled, Knowing When to Cut Bait. And uh, let me just read the opening paragraph to that uh, to that piece. I'm only just starting this, and it feels mean. I don't like writing that I think a player should be cut, but I try to be honest with myself. And if I'm being honest, Ryan Ludwig needs to go. And this goes beyond the fact that Ludwig is not hitting well at all. Um, 688 OPS. You know, he's slugging. The, the one thing he's supposed to be able to do is hit with power. He's slugging 362. Um, three homers in, in 150 plate appearances. Um, OPS plus of 90. But the fact that the guy is 35, you know, those numbers I just told you are pretty close to what we got from Jay Bruce, actually. But uh, but he's 35, whereas Bruce is, is, is 27. How... How, how would this team be worse off with Donald Lutz in, or in left field every day, or would they be? Uh, you know, what's uh, do you have any opinion on that? I, I agree with Jason. I think it's. I think it, why are we wasting at bats on Ryan Ludwig? I don't see any indication that at his age he's going to return to what he was uh, before the uh, before the shoulder injury. I don't either. I think we can we can all uh, point back to what many of us thought was a historically bad idea. Not historically, but a bad idea the Reds made when they when they signed Ryan Ludwig to that contract, to the current contract. Um, now there's a mutual option next year, which I assume comes with a buyout. I don't know what the buyout is, but they owe him seven and a half million this year plus the buyout if they cut him. Uh, but you know we talk about sunk costs all the time. Maybe it is time to to find out whether 
you know, Lutz is, 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 if not the answer, an answer, a possible answer in the outfield. And the only way you're going to find that out is by giving him at bats. I don't think Lutz is an answer even, uh, but I can't, I can't imagine he could do much worse than what Ludwig's doing, certainly from the power perspective. Uh, you look at uh, Ludwig since coming back from that injury last year, and he had the, the injury on opening day, and it was, it was bad. He was, you know, sliding into third. In the time since uh, he came back from that injury, however, he's played about half a season now, 290 plate appearances, uh, almost 80 games. Uh, his batting average, 247, on base percentage, 310, slugging percentage, 344, an OPS plus of 80, and, uh, you know, five home runs in 290 plate appearances. <sighs> Let me pull this up here. In terms of uh, a wins above replacement, you know, in the negative, negative uh, 0.4, according to baseball reference, uh, wins above replacement. Uh, yeah, well, and his uh, his defense sure isn't anything to write home about left field. You know, he, he's not a bad he, he's not a bad outfielder, you know, but he doesn't have much range, doesn't have much arm. I mean, he's not he's not Adam Dunn out there, but he's you know he, he doesn't give you anything. Yeah, yeah, he he really doesn't. And so that that I guess the question is why why even waste any more time with the guy? Um, I guess maybe the the first answer to that is possibly they don't have anybody to replace him with. You know, and that, that's a pretty good argument as we've been discussing. Uh, although I think uh, Lutz could perform at least as well, um, and possibly better, and and possibly better. Well, the other the other argument some people might make is play Schumacher, and at least then you get on base percentage, even though you're not getting it this year. I mean, his his on base percentage is, is you know Billy Hamilton like. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is so far, um, but he has a history in his uh, career of getting on base. At a good clip, so at least you get maybe some defense and uh, an on-base percentage out of Schumacher, which is really more than what you're getting out. Of, I don't know what you're getting. You're not getting anything out of Ludwig at this point. The one thing you you needed him for is power, and he he doesn't has not had any power at all since coming back from that injury. You know, and, and, and if you were, I mean, even even talking about on-base percent, he is getting on base at a higher percentage than Schumacher or yeah or Hamilton or any of those guys. Is that what we need from him? No, but if you but if you if you take him out of the lineup and you put in Schumacher or Heisey or Lutz, are the numbers going to be better than what you're getting from Ludwig? I don't know. And, and if you and if you cut him, you have to fill that roster spot with somebody. Who do you fill it with? Uh, so, someone else on the stocked ro- uh, roster that uh, Walt Jockney's put together, right? There's I mean, somebody out there. You, you look at the at the, uh, <laughs> at the, uh, the organizational chart, and they're just you have to go down to, to you know pretty much to high A. Before you see anybody that, that, that there's any talk of them being a big much of it, I guess you could talk about you know, you know Jorman Rodriguez in Pensacola, and he's playing pretty well down there, you know, fair. But you know, he's still what is he now? Twenty one, something like that. No, he's been. I, I said it last week. I think he's been 22. around. He'll no, he's at least sixty eight. I mean, he's been around a long time. You think he's still getting retirement? You think it, he's filed yeah. for security? Yeah. It seems like he's been around an awful long time. I don't know. Yeah, but he's another guy. You know, I mean, he's three and a half years young for the for the league he's playing in. Hitting two fifty two, he's got a you know six forty one on pace percentage. I mean OPS in, in, in his league. You know, but then there's talk that he's he's a guy. You know, I, I don't know. I, but you know, I think you got to go down to Jesse Winker at, at, at Bakersfield before you start talking about an outfield prospect that, that I'm excited about at all. Yeah, no one's excited about Donald Lutz, but I guess the I guess the, the what this uh, question centers on is Ludwig at his age with his uh, power sapped possibly from that shoulder injury. I, you can't see a whole lot of reason to be optimistic that he's going to improve much. 
And uh, if if you're content with what he's going to give you here, and this may be all he's going to give you, 688 OPS, if you're content with that, I don't see how a team that thinks they can contend can play a, a guy like that in left field. Um, I guess the argument would be with the with the way this team has played through the first 30% of the season, with the injuries that this team's had to contend with through the first 30% of the season, with the decisions that this front office has made, even in the offseason and up through this point, is there any reason to believe they believe that they can contend? And if they don't believe that, cutting Ryan Ludwig. Let's, let, let's, let's say something that we know that they're not going to do, that they release Ryan Ludwig. We, you and I both know they're not going to do that. Right. But let's say they did. All you're doing is starting the clock on a young guy. Well, but I don't know if there are any young guys that I'm too worried about starting the clock on that are, I agree. I that mean, are close enough to play. Unless, unless they're going to bring up a Jesse Winker and throw him out there and throw him to the Wolves. Yeah, and I don't – that's not going to happen in my opinion. Um, I, I just I, – I don't – there aren't a whole lot of answers for this team right now. <laughs> there and, are. And, and my, my feeling is – and, we, and we, you and I, I think this is something we're kind of moving into here is, you know, when is it time for the for the franchise to decide that this isn't our year? And and, and what do they do? You know, who do they look to, 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 to unload to try to restock the farm system and, and to try to get ready for 2015 and, and beyond? Well, here's what concerns me. I don't think it's yet time to give up on, on this season. There's only six and a half out. You know, I mean, it's not I yet. agree. And, and, and Milwaukee is coming kind of coming back towards to the pack. As we expected, exactly. Um, but St. Louis is starting to play better. <laughs> I know, which is, again, as we expected. Um, that, no, I don't think it's time to blow it up yet, but I think the Reds are going to have to be asking themselves some very difficult questions over the next couple months, uh, especially if the injury bug continues to, to uh, manifest itself as it has, if Joey Votto continues to uh, remain injured and is not going to be at 100% the rest of the year. At some point, they're going to say, this is not our year, as you said. But here's here's the problem that I've got with that uh, scenario, and what concerns me is, say they decide, all right, 2014, it ain't happening. What do they do? I mean, I, I you know I'm not sure that that they've got a lot of pieces that they can move uh, that can help other uh, organizations or that are attractive to other organizations. I, mean, I think Bart, there's two. I can think of one. Who's the other? I think Johnny Cueto and Alfredo or and Aroldis Chapman. Well, Araldis Chapman, I agree 100%. I don't see them, given that they've got a, a, an option for next year on Cueto, uh, I'd be very surprised if they went ahead and uh, and dealt him. I, I think it's going to depend, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm assuming, and that's all, all it is is an assumption, that there are ongoing negotiations between, you know, with Cueto's people and with Latos' people. And I think the first guy that, that steps up, will be here, and the other guy, I don't think they'll sign. Of course, you know, we say that every time the Reds have a big name come up. Um, and they end up signing them. And they end up signing them. Yeah. Um, you know, there was an article in the paper here. Uh, it wasn't really on a whole article, but uh, Jockety, or not Jockety, Paul Darkety, I had an article this week wondering whether the Reds paid the big money to the wrong pitcher, comparing Bailey and Leak. Which, well. and, and statistically, it was an interesting uh, article. But, you know, he never talks about the – I don't think he ever brought up the point that Homer was brought up too early and struggled his first few years. And, you know, he just makes career – he just linked the numbers career-wise. Uh, but I, I think if they wanted to re, really refill the, the minor league system and bring some you know young – and even maybe some young talent at the major league level, I think one or both of those guys could be traded. I would hate to see Johnny Cueto go. But you wonder – you know, he, he's been healthy this year, pitched – phenomenally well but 
you know, you had a whole year last year where he, where he wasn't healthy and, and he has had, you know, shoulder problems in the past. Um, when you're playing as well as he's playing right now, if you're the team, it's not a time when you really want to be negotiating a contract. Right, right, yeah. So, you know, you just wonder. I, and, and I think, and you and I, and I, and I saw you and Joel had a debate a few weeks, a few weeks ago on, on trading Quaid or on Chapman. And Joel doesn't believe they should. And, and the more I watch Chapman, the less enthralled I am with his talents. Um, there's no doubt that he's, he, you know, is, I think Chris Welsh said it was, you know, God put a lightning bolt in his arm to quote, to quote, uh, Bull Durham. But to me, and, and, and I'm, you know, I never played baseball at any kind of a level that, that means anything, but he just doesn't seem like he pitches smart. You know, after he got hurt in spring training, I, I read a quote where he said, well, he's got to start throwing more inside so those balls don't get hit back at him, you know, like that. I have yet to see him go inside on anybody. Uh, I watch him pitch and, and it seems like whenever he gets hurt, he gets hurt on pitches that are down. And when he got, when he gets the guys 0-2, he never throws the ball like a, like a rising fastball, you know, from the belt, you know, from the chest up and makes him chase. He never does it. He doesn't take that, throw that ball up. And I watched Nolan Ryan make a career out of striking guys. And they, you know, and, and they're compare, you can make comparisons between fastballs between Nolan Ryan and Aroldis Chapman. And, and, you know, I watched, he got a save the other night. Uh, was it the first St. Louis game? I think Chapman came in and saved the ball game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and you know, he, yeah, he got the save, but I'll tell you what, that ball was about two inches on the back from going, the last out was about two inches on the back from going out. He caught it on a warning track because he threw, you know, in my opinion, and I, like I said, I'm not a pitching coach because he, he throws, when he's got guys 0-2, he throws the ball down and those are the balls you can drive. He just doesn't seem like he pitches with a whole lot of intelligence to me. And maybe that's not fair. I, I don't know whether it is or not, but that's just my opinion. Well, I'm a little higher, I think, on Chapman uh, than you are, but I, I still wonder whether his uh, specific talents. What I wonder what the market is for that. I agree. Right now, you know, we talk about him being a, a big trade piece, but I'm I'm not entirely sure what you're going to get. I mean, the guy has maybe someone will be enthralled with that uh, with that left arm, as as we've all been. Uh, over the years, uh, enough to uh, pony up for him, but you know, I mean, he's he blowing up or converting about the same percentage of saves as uh, Francisco Cordero did. He's you know, he's not exactly, he's good, but how much is a you know, a he's pretty? He's not elite. He's not an elite closer. Well, I think he was at one point, and or we thought he was at one point. He's he's not Craig Kimbrell though right now, and uh, I'm just not sure that in this day and age that teams are going to be willing to pony up a, a lot. In terms of a package for a guy that pitches, you know, he's pitched seven innings. The guy that uh, doesn't pitch very often. Um, and we won't go back into the question of whether he should have been a starter. Yeah. Uh, but um, so, yeah, obviously, I think Cueto on the open market uh, or Cueto's on the trade market could bring a, a haul. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, the guy that I see as being the, 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 the guy that could most easily part with is Chapman, but I'm not sure that. Uh, I'm not sure you get much out of him. So, again, that brings me back to the question of, even if the Reds decide to blow this thing up, I guess it's going to have to be trading somebody like a Cueto. Uh, otherwise, I... Or a Bruce. Or a Jay Bruce. That's the, that's the next guy that was uh, in my mind. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that they do that, but Bruce is signed to a very friendly contract. Um, Jay Bruce, I mean, other than this year, plays at an all-star level. Uh, Johnny Cueto when he's healthy, is as good as any pitcher in baseball. You know, if you want to pick up multiple pieces to help your team, 
they're the kind of players you have to trade. You know, it's just the only way it works. You know, we can sit here and say, well, let's trade Nephi Soto and, and skip Schumacher for, you know, Giancarlo Stanton. You know, but I, I don't really think the Marlins will do that. I don't know. It's, it's the Marlins after all. Um, yeah, that's what, uh, I think the, if the Reds decided, and again, I don't think either of us are, are saying today they need to be, uh, blowing this thing up. No, but I think a month from now they'll have to be starting to make those kinds of decisions. Well, it's it's a little different than the decisions they've had to make in in past years, when uh, the last few years anyway, because sort of the window of opportunity has closed on this current group, uh, or it's it's rapidly closing, I should say. And so before they could think, well, we can you know uh, maybe get a piece here and there and and still be a competitive team next year. I think they're at the point where you know. If this bunch doesn't uh, isn't able to compete, whether it's because of injuries or whatever, I'm not sure that they should expect uh, anything better than what we're getting this year in 2015. And it's going to be time to start. You know, Ludwig's not going to be a member of the next good Reds team. No, you, you, I mean then you're looking at the guys that are playing high A and low A ball now, and hoping that they're as good as we as we think they could be. The Ben Liveleys, the the uh, Seth Mejias Breens, the the Jesse Winkers, the, the, the guys like that, because uh, there's some there's some good talent down there at the A level, and there's some some pretty good talent for pitching at the at the double A level. You know, Stevenson's down there, Lorenzen's down there, uh, John Moscott's down there. You know, the, and they're pitching double A ball. Um, I, I kind of wonder if if at the second half of the season, if you might not see the uh, organization make some decisions to cut some bait at Louisville and move these guys up to give them a taste of Triple A with a chance to make the ball club next year, and that yeah. that, that that makes the, the off season much more interesting. As they you know if they if they have confidence in these guys, they could make some moves in the off season. Especially given that other than than probably Jay Bruce, the Reds don't have a whole lot of marketable uh, talent anywhere other than the major league pitching staff. So, right. uh, the, well, I, you know, the, the the I think Todd Frazier could bring you something, you know, but there's nothing behind him. I mean, that's that's the only problem. Uh, you know, the, the Devin Mezzarocco, and depend, and this depends on how they play out this year. But the guys with big contracts, they're not going to move. They're not. Nobody's going to trade for you know. The Reds aren't going to trade Joey Votto. We found. I think we found in the off season there is no market for Brandon Phillips, um, Zach Cozart, you know. Billy Hamilton, you know that they're not going to trade Billy Hamilton. I don't think, uh, not the way after the way they've marketed him. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you're looking at 2016 uh, before this team is competitive again. Wow. Oh, at I, best, I, I think I need to go get a drink. Um, did, did you just say that? Yes, I did, and I said it out loud. Oh mercy. Well, I'm not willing to uh, go quite that far just yet. But I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I just. I don't see any way that you address the the the, the thinness of this rotation, and, and you know I guess you could argue that the that the the Latos trade hurt them more than it helped them, but I, I don't agree with that. Uh, you look at the numbers that they're getting that San Diego's getting out of the guys that they got that we you know in the deal, and even if you believe they were they would be playing here over Votto and and, and Mezzarocco, which I don't believe they would be, you know this team isn't any better off, and, and you you know and you got a hole in the starting rotation. No, the Latos trade is one of the things that I would point to uh, if I were making the case for Walt Jockety, actually. I, I, I think that's a good trade. But that's probably the last. Has he made another trade since then? <laughs> has he done any anything at all since then? What exactly has he done? He signed Logan Andrusek to a two-year contract and Jack Hanahan to a two-year contract. Anything else that I'm forgetting? 
Didn't they send Latos to a two-year deal? Yeah, was but that before, was that before that? Yeah, I don't know, but Latos is actually good, so I, I don't mind that. Well, um, yeah, but you asked what you know what he's done. I mean, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to be fair. Why? Um, I, I thought I think the signing of, of bringing in a Pena was a good deal. Was was a, was a good move by the organization. Um, I think he I, I think he gave them bench strength. And I think they'd made the decision that the only way that the Mesoraco was going to bloom was if they traded uh, Ryan Hannigan. You know, I, I think they realized that reversing their roles would never would not work here. And and, and we've talked about this. And we're happy for how you know for Ryan down in Tampa, and they got he, fought, he got a big money deal and and uh, not a huge money deal, but a, a, he'll never have to worry about his family the rest of his life. Um, and he got and he went to a team that's that's it's a damn good team. Uh, so I'm happy for him, but. You know, I, I think Pena was a good addition to this team, and it's probably the last good addition I could say they've made. At this point, I guess the best – I agree, and and I don't see what they can do to really correct the team this year beyond just everybody getting healthy again. And hopefully this uh, offense will start to click a little bit. And if they do, the pitching – at least the starting pitching has been very good. Yeah, the uh, bullpen has not, though. Well, let's talk about the bullpen for a moment. Uh, you know, I was, just, I was looking at uh, some numbers just fiddling around on fan graphs and um, – just astounded at how bad the Reds' uh, bullpen has been. You know, the starting pitchers have thrown more innings than any team except for one, I believe, uh, in the uh, in the National League. The bullpen, however, has been atrocious. Um, bullpen has the, the by far the worst ERA for what that's worth for relievers, and we're only talking about 117 innings. But ERA of 4.85 for the season, which is by far the worst in the National League. Just across the board, there are there's really no statistic you can look at, no metric you can look at that would allow you to believe the Reds are anything better than the next to worst bullpen in the National League. And there's a pretty good argument they're the worst. It's between the Reds and the Mets for the worst bullpen in the National League. Um, and there's really not a whole lot. You look look through the the stats here, and I guess you know Broxton's been pretty good, Lecure's been pretty good, and uh, you know Chapman's been all right in the seven innings he's pitched. That's it. I mean, that's really it. Everyone else has been pretty bad. Yeah, uh, Hoover seems to be hopefully on the upswing again. Uh, Andrusik's Andrusik. Uh, Sean Marshall has been unbelievably bad. I mean, he to the point that he looks like he's done. Uh, I, I, that's not fair to say. He says he's healthy. I, he's never pitched like this when healthy. Uh, whenever he's been healthy, he's been one of the top left-handed relievers in the game. It's, yeah, it's astounding. He, he, he looks atrocious. I mean, just atrocious. Um, I mean, he's walking. Uh, one thing, he's always had good control, and he's you know he's walking almost a batter an inning. Now he's only thrown eight and two thirds, but he's given up eighteen hits for God's sakes. Yeah, ten earned runs, uh, walks uh, walks seven. Right. In eight. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just that's not know, him. Like I said, I'm I, I'm not as high on Chapman as you are. You know, when you're at the ballpark and Chapman comes in, it's exciting and all that stuff. But you know, the proof's in how many outs you get and not how you get them. Um, Lacure's pitched very well. Broxton's pitched pretty well. Um, even though Broxton's one that just scares me every time he comes into a ball game. Yeah, I don't know how he's done it, but he's been a effective. Yeah, Parra, Parra has struggled. You know, he, he, Parra pitches well, and then he then he really struggles. And Andrusik's Andrusik. There's a lot of guys that think they ought to bring up Jumbo Diaz from from Louisville, and I would not be surprised if that happens before the season is over. Yeah, Doug Gray and I talked about that last week, and uh, why not? I guess right. my question. I mean, I guess the only question is who do you send down? And I think up until this week, it would have probably been real easy to say you sent Hoover down there to try and get himself straightened out. You know, like St. Louis did with with Wong. 
you know, their second baseman. They sent him down for, for, for a couple of weeks to straighten some things out, and he comes back up, and he's ripping a cover off the ball now. You know, the Reds never seen – well, they used to do that when guys were struggling. They would send guys down, and, and they haven't seemed – and I don't remember whether it was before Walt Jockerty or not, but they don't seem to be willing to do that now, to, to send guys to AAA to, to work out their, their, you know, their demons. Um, and maybe that's what Hoover needed. You know, I mean, like I said, the last few games he's pitched much, much better. Um, but I – Diaz did everything they asked him to do. You know, they asked him to lose weight. He did. He lost a bunch of weight. He's pitching great in Louisville. Um, at some point, you have to wonder what the kid has to do to get a to get a chance. Can he be worse than Logan Andrusek? Well, I, with a two year deal, you know that I, I don't see them sending Andrusek down. Do I think they should? Yeah, I think you'd be more likely to see him DL Sean Marshall. Well, yes, I agree, but and I don't doubt that that's coming at some point soon, but. You just, uh, that goes, harkens back to what we were talking about with about Walt Jockety. He hands Logan Andrusek, a below average relief pitcher, um, who happens to be really tall, a two year contract. And so now, even though he's terrible, he's absolutely terrible, as he's always been, frankly. If you look at anything other than just ERA, you would realize this guy has always he's had a tough time uh, uh, with his control. He walks too many hitters, he gives up too many hits. Um, but now, Walt Jockety has put himself in a box where he doesn't have roster flexibility to get him out of the majors and um, and bring up a guy that, that might be, be able to help this major league team who's struggling right now, just treading water, because he handed a below-average reliever a two-year deal. I don't have any sympathy for Walt Jockety on that. I, I think, and it just occurred to me, the problem is with Jockety. I think he's got a drawer with all the contracts in it, and they're all two-year contracts. I don't think he's got any one-year contracts. I think they're already pre-printed, and they say two years on them. And so that's what he just fills out. You know, you look at Andrusik, you look at Hanahan. Who else? There was a third guy that got a two-year deal. Maybe he just forgot where the drawer is with the uh, one-year one deal. Deals? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. He just, he's been... Because these are all guys, these are all the type of players. That you, Skip, did Scoop Schumacher get a two-year deal? I think so, yeah. You know, these are all the kind of guys that you can find on the scrap heap. You can find them right before spring training starts. There's no reason in the world to give these guys two-year deals. But the Reds continue to do it. They did it with, uh, what's the guy's name that was the, uh, he's on the coaching staff now, uh, after he retired. He was a, he was the, the utility guy for the Reds last, you know, to, a few years ago. Um, anyway, he yeah. was another one that, that was, you know, his offensively is one of the worst. Cairo. This, Cairo. Yep. Go Cairo. Yeah. Yep. You know, historically, offensively, one of the worst players in the universe. And the Reds give him a two-year deal. I, it's just insane. I, you know, I guess Castellini must close his eyes when he signs the checks. That's the only thing I can figure. <laughs> I, I can't figure it out because uh, if you're going to sign uh, Logan Andrusik to that kind of deal, well, again, why would you do something like that when uh, it prevents you from having flexibility to your roster later? It's just it's just dumb. That's the only way to describe it. Well, and, and the thing, and, and as I said a minute ago, the thing that drives me crazy is is these are not the kind of players that you have to give to. There are certain kinds of guys you have to give two-year deals to. And Skip Schumacher might have been a guy that you could you could make the argument. You couldn't have got a Skip Schumacher other than with a two-year deal. But Miguel Cairo, Jack Hanahan, uh, and Hanahan, I guess they were in, if I remember right, they were, they were in a, you know, negotiating against other teams for Hanahan. But why? There are those kinds of guys out there, you know, that, that are that are just as good as they are that you can get for a one-year deal. You know, don't set your mind on one guy. 
set your mind on a, 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 a type of player you want. And, and that kind of leads me into something else I want to talk about is, is the personality of this team, if it has one. Uh, I've never seen a more dry, boring, less enthusiastic, less fiery group of players. And this isn't just this year. This is the same thing last year. You know, they, they just, they seem like they go through the motions. And maybe that's not fair and maybe it's not true. But as a fan sitting there watching them on television or sitting in the stands, that sure is the way it appears to me. Yeah, and it sounds like we're really, <laughs> this has been a more depressing podcast than I had intended. Really? Um, because they're only six and a half out, you know. And, and We wouldn't blame you if you listened to the first six minutes and then turned this off. I agree. If you're still with us at this point. As I said earlier, you know, as we're speaking to the tens of people at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and the fact that we're still doing this, as depressed as we sound, you know, as, as we are, uh, says how much we care about this team, you know, how invested we are in this team. Uh, and and it's hard to say that, that you know, that this, that there doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel. But it doesn't, it, there doesn't seem to be one that's, you know, that, that, that's going to have a, a happy ending for the for in the short term. Well, again, I don't want to go that far. You're about to talk me into it, but um, I think if uh, if Joey Votto can get back and and be Joey Votto, and that's a big if right now, I know, but he's currently just on the 15 day disabled list. Um, if Billy Hamilton can continue to improve a little bit, if Jay Bruce is who Jay Bruce is, and if he's healthy, all of a sudden this becomes a team that this can be the team that we had hoped it would be on opening day. Um, it has not been that team as of yet. Your bullpen's going to have to pitch much better. The bullpen's going to pitch better, but then you you know you hope you get Latos back here soon. He just uh, went out on a rehab start. You uh, th- so you move Alfredo Simon back to the bullpen. Is that who you move? No, oh, I think there's no question that's who they move. You think you think there's some co- there's uh, some chance they'll move someone else back to the bullpen? I think there's a chance they might move Tony Singrani to the bullpen. No, I don't. I don't think there's any way. I, I I'd be very surprised if the Reds did that. Um, what do you think they should do? In the long term, I think that they'd be better off moving Alfredo Simon to the, to the back to the bullpen. Uh, I, I, you, you just can't believe he's going to, for, for a number of reasons. Some of them have to do with things on the field. Some of them have to do with things off the field. Um, you can't believe he's going to continue to pitch as well in the starting rotation as he has, but he surprises me every time out. Now, I think for the long term and for the short term, the best thing is for Singrani to be in there. I think Singrani... I don't think Singrani is going to get any better pitching out of the bullpen. I think if you want to keep Alfredo Simon on this team, you better hope you get him out of the rotation because if he continues to pitch this well out of the rotation, they won't be able to afford him. And he's in a contract year. No, he's thirty. Uh, he's thirty-three. I mean, I think he's going to regress to the mean at some point. I would not I, be. I agree. I, you know, and, and but every like I said, every time he goes out and throws, he surprises me. Yeah. Every, you know, he's a, he's had what one bad start. So trade him for a left fielder, uh, uh, an average left fielder. I, I think that would be a great idea. If some and, dumb, and, and it wouldn't some... surprise, and it wouldn't surprise me if they made a deal where they traded, somebody was looking at Simon around the trading deadline, and and, and he went. I, had... think, I think that's very likely to happen. Well, it would, it would have to be someone that's sort of desperate to, for a starter that uh, is willing to overpay because you know Simon Simon is thirty three. He. Um... Yeah, but if you're if you're making a playoff run and there's going to be more buyers than you know as we as we have found as they've expanded the playoffs, there's more buyers than there used to be, and especially if you you know if the division some of the divisions are are so tight at this point, you know you, if they stay that way into into July, you, you you might get something for Alfredo Simon. I, I'm not saying you're going to get you know Giancarlo Stanton, 
But you might get a guy that, you know, that, that hopefully will help you. You know, somebody that's going to be better than Ryan Ludwig. But I want Giancarlo Stanton. Why can't I have Giancarlo Stanton? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We'll trade Bernadina, <laughs> Nephi Soto, and Chris Heisey. And I'm sure they'll, get, they'll, they'll put him right on a plane. Yeah, I wish. I wish. That's one guy I would, uh, gosh, install him in Grand American Ballpark. Wow. Um, I don't, my opinion is I don't see any way in the world they will move anyone other than Alfredo Simon to the, uh, to the bullpen. I think they're sort of playing on borrowed time, uh, with Simon. He's been exceptional. He will help the bullpen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised given the off-field stuff they want to cut bait with him, period. It's if he might not be, uh, traded for, uh, whatever they can get for him at some point. But uh, they get later. Well, and I hadn't even, and I, and I, I really admit that the off-field, that off-field stuff, I had forgotten about. Yeah. I was thinking about with the with the success he's having, his price tag was going up. Uh, well, I, I don't think the Reds are going to be uh, willing to pay. Um, and I'm not saying big money, but more than, than than what they paid him for the last for the current contract. Yeah, I'd send him on his way. I, I just don't. I don't see any reason to expect much more from Alfredo Simon from this point forward. Than what he's done over his career, I, you know, he's had a couple of months of effective pitching here, uh, six weeks of it. But, you know, he's not—he's not a different guy than he was before. Uh, and um, well, he's I, a different guy than he was before he came to the Reds. I mean, I—I I don't think you can argue that that Brian Price and and Mac Jenkins and, and and the pitching coaching staff has had a dramatic effect on his career. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I guess he's a, he's a better pitcher maybe than he was. Uh, before he came to the Reds, but is he all of a sudden a guy that's going to be an effective starter in the major leagues for the next two years? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay a dime for him to be in my starting rotation. Um, but then again, I guess that's why I'm not uh, making the big bucks. I and mean, there may be somebody out there that's willing to to take him on. And if there, there were, te- there are teams with Jimmy Andersons and, and, and Jimmy Haynes's, and and you know they're starting them guys every five days. And I to them and Alfredo Simon at 33 might be a might be a good deal. De- you know. I, I, but I, I tend to agree with you. I, I'll be kind of very surprised, assuming that the season goes the way it has the first 60 or, or 68 games or whatever, the 48 games. I would be very surprised if he was on this team past the uh, past the uh, trading deadline. Right. But, you know, if they get Latos back, like we were saying, get Latos back, get uh, Votto back, get uh, Bruce back at full strength, and all of a sudden you got the team you kind of hoped you have, and you got a team now that's six and a half out that's not done anything yet, but, uh, you know... Certainly not out of the race yet. They went go and win, uh, you know, twelve out of fifteen at one point, and all of a sudden, everyone gets excited again. I don't see the personality that you're looking for. I agree with that. It's a, it's, it's not a particularly fun group of guys. To, other than uh, a guy like Cueto, uh, you know, the rest there's not a lot of personality on this team. That uh, I think not, Todd like Frazier probably. I think Todd Frazier probably has more per, at least it's evident in interviews and that kind of thing. Todd Frazier probably has more personality than anybody. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know. I guess if you're looking for that, you're going to be disappointed with this team. But that, I, still, I think this can still be a competitive team. I still want to be optimistic about this team. If this Votto injury lingers for much longer, if we get a, if, if we hear in uh, three days another setback for uh, Matt Latos, then maybe it's time to start thinking this we're snake bit. Uh, but I, yeah, I still think there's a chance this team can uh, go on a run here, and uh, and they don't have to go on a huge run to get right back in the thick of things in the National League Central. And as we always say, if you can just get into the playoffs, you know who knows what's going. It's a sort of a crapshoot from there. Um, you know, you just, you got to have a place at the table in order to win. And uh, and this is still a team that could 
this is not one of the best teams in the majors, even at its best. But it's a team that can sneak into the playoffs. There's some value in that. There's some value in being an independent race uh, to the bottom line. And uh, I think we're a, little, a ways off from the Reds closing up shop, starting the uh, starting the fire sale. But I would not be surprised if the Reds do fall out of the race this year if this isn't the finally the time when they say let's, let's blow this thing up, uh, as opposed to what they've done the last few years. Now, I don't know. If, I don't know if Bob Castellini will let them do that. Uh, that that's another fact that we really not discussed because Castellini wants this team to contend, and I'm not sure he'll uh, permit them to just. Well, and, and then, you know, you talk about if this team blows, if they blow this team up, you're still got, you know, a huge contract with, with Votto. You still got a huge contract with Phillips. Um, you got to be able to put butts in the seats. Uh, they drew very well this weekend, you know, with the Cardinals, but, you know, I don't know how much of that was out of town traffic. You know, you had a long weekend and, and you know, and, and there were a lot of, I was down at, at Taste of Cincinnati uh, yesterday afternoon and there were a lot of Cardinal shirts in the crowd. So I, I assume it was a fair amount of, of, of cardinal traffic that came in for the, the weekend series, and, and I don't know how they're—I I honestly haven't been paying as close of attention to, to see how they're drawing as, as to how they drew last year at this point. But this team has got to draw, you know, to pay those contracts. Uh, so you see a significant decline in payroll, and you're going to end up with with you know what they had in the in the the Dunn and, and Griffey year, where you had three guys making, you know, two guys making. You know, good money, and the rest of the guys down around minimum. So, uh, if the Reds aren't allowed to to blow it up by Castellini, then I, then I worry that Jockety is not. Uh, he's he's his his day has passed. He's not the guy that's going to make um, a deal here and a deal there to uh, shore up the roster to fill it in the holes because he's not done any of that over the last two years. He has not filled any of the holes effectively that the Reds have had over the last couple of years to help them compete while they had these guys. Uh, you know, under under contract and uh, while the window is open, I, you've heard people that, that have had supposition that he's burned so many bridges, you know, over the years that people won't trade with him, that kind of thing. And I have no idea whether those those things are true or not. But other, you know, since the Latos deal, he really, you know, other than signing big contracts, and you don't know how much of that is Walt Jockney and how much of it is is Bob Castellini, uh, he's been pretty invisible. You know, and I'm not saying that he hasn't tried to help this team or anything like that, but I, you know, the proof's in the pudding, and and this team has not been improved by and by by the general manager in the last two years. They really haven't, and I'm I'm concerned as to where they uh, where we're going to see some improvement in the coming days. But I, to, I want to try to end on a high note if I can. I'm trying to figure out one too. <laughs> yeah, they, they we're it's not over yet. They're still cl- close, you know. The, um, I mean, I, I, there's still I talent guess, here. I guess to, to, to carry on what you were saying a little earlier, you know, they're they're kind of treading water here, and at it, it, various times they've had, you know, Mezzarocco, Votto, uh, Bruce, Hamilton, uh, Qua- or, uh, um, 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 Latos, uh, Broxton, Chapman. All these guys have been uh, Marshall, uh, been on and off the DL, and, and they and they've managed to kind of hang around. You know, if they get healthy, you know, but the, the problem for me, you know, if they get healthy, could they make a run? Yeah. Do I, you know, and, and that's what we're all hoping. But the problem is uh, I'm a big believer in, in, in karma, uh, you know, and, and, you know, when you're as beat up as they are this year, those things just don't ever seem to go away in the same season. And all of a sudden, bing, you're healthy. It just always seems like it's one after another after another. You get one guy back and somebody else gets hurt. It, it, you know, it, it, in my I don't remember, you know, a year where 
a team that I've been following who's having injury problems all of a sudden got healthy and went on a run. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering, but uh, it just seems like the omens are, are uh, all the omens are bad, you know, and I'm, I guess I'm talking about omens now, so I don't know. <laughs> I can't find the uh, – I've been looking on fan graphs here, and I looked on baseball reference earlier. I don't see the omens category. Uh, there isn't an omens. I'm looking for that. Or the karma stat. I don't I don't see that one. Um, well, they, they, need to, they need to address that. Yeah, no doubt. This team's messing with their heads a little bit, Bill, I think. And uh, But, you know, if they can get healthy, they're still talented. This team can, can – I mean, you, you agree with that. If they were to get healthy, this team could still compete this year. If this team were to get healthy and play at the level that, that not even not just that we hope, but that we you know that, that we that you can reasonably expect, and that means you know guys like Bruce and Votto have to have to play at, 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 at all star levels. You can't expect any more than you're getting out of Frazier and Mazzarocco. I don't think you can reasonably expect any more than you're getting out of Brandon Phillips. I think you can expect a little bit more out of Billy Hamilton as the season goes on. Left field's a black hole. I don't see you know getting healthy isn't going to help left field. And then, you know, the pitching staff, you can't ask much more out of the starters than you're getting. You move Simon, I mean, the, and the only change you're going to see in the bullpen is Simon going to the bullpen when Latos is healthy, you know, at least according to you. Uh, I, I'm still not convinced you won't see Singrani move to the bullpen if, if Simon continues to pitch well. Um, and again, I'm not saying that's the right or the right move, but I'm just saying that wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, you move, when, when Simon goes to the bullpen, who gets sent down? I mean, you and I probably both think that Marshall will go to go to the DL, but you know, I'm not. I'm just not sure what 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 this team who's gonna who's gonna perform so much better that the team this team's gonna play so much better. Well, I don't really know the need to anyone to perform that much better except Votto and Bruce. Well, except Votto and Bruce, but Votto and Bruce will perform better. I, a healthy Votto and Bruce are better than what they've shown so far. I don't have any uh, questions about that. So I think the question is just health. I think the, the talent is there if it's only in the front-line talent, and, and clearly the, after the starters, you're, well, you see what happens. The Reds aren't able to compete, but they're not far, so far out of the out of the race that a little bit of health could go a long way with this team, and uh, and, and they're better than, the, at their be, you know, when they're healthy, they're better than the Brewers, they're better than the Pirates, they're better than the Cubs. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're better than the Cardinals, but... I think you sure they're better than the Brewers? Yes, I am. I am. I, I don't. I don't have a very high opinion of the Brewers. I think the Brewers are overachieving, and I know a lot of people preseason thought they might have sneak in and be a contender, but I, I just, I've never seen it. Um, uh, Chris Welsh did. I mean, he, he in our in our interview, he he talked very highly of the Brewers. And oh, what does he know? He looks pretty. He looks pretty smart at this point. But you know, I, they imp- at least they improved their team over the winter. Are you saying the Reds didn't? Yep. Are you forgetting one Ramon Santiago? Yep. <laughs> All right. That seems like a pretty good place to uh, to call it quits here. Uh, any final comments for us, Bill? If, if you've listened to this whole podcast and you're still on here at this point, please look up the number for your local suicide hotline <laughs> before you uh, you know jump out the window. You know, because as Chad and I say all the time when we're doing this, we're just a couple of knuckleheads on here just talking about the Reds. We don't know anything, and we you know we're just expressing our opinions and. We sure don't want anybody to do themselves harm over listening to somebody as goofy as we are. I know we, you know, we usually try to stay optimistic on here, but we've hit hit a little bit of depression mode. So, oh, it's been terrible. It has been. Um, if you want uh, this every day, <laughs> you can go to redlegnation.com. God, God would know why. Would know why you would. I agree, uh, but if you're a glutton for punishment, you go to redlegnation.com every day. 
and uh, and follow what's going on on uh, at Red Leg Nation on Twitter to see what's happening in the Reds, the world of the Reds uh, every single day. We post uh, a podcast every week at RedLegNationRadio.com. You can also go to RedLegNationRadio.com where you can subscribe to the uh, podcast via iTunes or uh, via the RSS feed, depending on what your podcast delivery device is, or you can listen to it right there through your computer. Um, I would ask you to, uh, if you if you do use iTunes, go subscribe and uh, and go there and leave a leave a review, leave a uh, a rating for us, so that uh, the more we uh, more we do that, if if you approve of our podcast, if if you don't like us, just shut up. But if you like us, go there and leave us a review and and, and rate us, so that more people will be able to uh, check it out and and tell your friends about us. Follow Bill on Twitter at Bill Redleg N. Follow me on Twitter if you must at Dotson C D O T S O N C. Um, Bill, we're we're gonna win. The Reds are gonna win five games this week. We're all gonna be happy again, right? Yeah, because they play so well on the West Coast. <laughs> Gosh, I'm. Ne- <laughs> oh, you're bringing me down, man. I uh, I can't wait to see how you title this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a I've got I'm a few ideas. Like, I'm thinking like dark, darker, darkest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for for the very very depressing Bill Lack. This is or, Chet- or, or, or Joel Luckup, where are you when we need you? <laughs> where are you when we need you? Yes. Oh, Bill. <laughs> this is this is Chad Dawson saying so long, Red Lake Nation. Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.